Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. Another show. Another show. More games played. I've played new games. I, I have actually, two brand newly released really games. Are. Yeah, because you're really letting the side down, frankly. As I'm aware as of goes. this. I might need to look for, for another co-host to actually play his games that can talk about them. Instead yeah. of, you know, oh God, it's it's like halfway through Saturday and I've played nothing. Quick, to the, to the, to the Google Play Store to find some yes. crappy mobile phone. Because that happens on Saturday and not Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm crediting you with far too much prep there. Yeah, it's quite. Okay, well, so apparently you've played, well, in that case, you can make a start. Okay, can, I'm going to start with a game called King, Kingdoms and ah! Towns. <laughs> Kingdoms and Castles, isn't it? Oh, I can't. Kingdoms <laughs> Sorry, it's everyone. got the most generic name on the planet and I can't remember it. He had to look it up ten minutes ago and then told me off because I kept shouting crossbows and catapults <laughs> at him. So, and, and it seems to have worked. Anyway, um, so yes. yes. So, so uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Bedknobs and Broomsticks yes. is a town building game. Town building game, okay. Uh, you start off by placing your castle. Yep. It's basically a... A uh, very, very low polygon castle building game, where town building game, where you need to balance all your resources. You put down your castle, mm-hmm. then you build roads out from the castle, yep. as you would expect, and then you put down this This square is going to be a field, this square is going to be a hovel, this square <laughs> is going to be a quarry, this square is going to be a lumberyard. I'm not sure people plan for hovels. I think that's just I what do. happens yeah. if you haven't got enough proper housing or something. Yeah, but then you end up demolishing them and putting down manor houses, which are effectively high-rise blocks... It sounds very familiar, to be honest. I mean, well, generic name aside, yeah. it sounds like the gameplay itself is. The gameplay something... is incredible. It's on early access. I will say that. Oh, oof, yeah, okay. So I, I, I'm not too late to turn it into something original and fun. Then it works. It works. <laughs> okay. It's fun. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. It's just not very deep. But I'll come back okay, to that. Okay. So basically, you you end up. It's the usual um, gameplay loop of increasing your resources, keeping all of the uh, amenities up and going, so that more people will be attracted to your city, yep. so that you can make more resources, make more amenities, and you're basically just chasing the uh, population number as the stat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so. I mean, functionally, it sounds a lot like the Sim City games. Yes, but with a sort of medieval slant to yeah. it all. Uh, do you remember Banished? Also, I'm thinking uh, Anno Anno whatever yeah and i uh, banished Certainly is the, the closest okay uh, which was a game a couple of years ago which was i remember you nice. talking about that and how, um, how grim it all was yeah very grim <laughs> because that had the problem where it was so easy to get that balance off you're on a knife edge all the time and you yeah. got it wrong your population will crash yeah yeah like the, the one playthrough i think i talked about on the show uh if i can remember that far back was the time where my uh, village ended up as two women who hated each other it seemed <laughs> living on other sides of the ruins of the town yeah and uh Obviously, no way of um, coming back yeah, from that situation. Gone, gone at that point. There was no amount of diplomacy which would solve that situation. No, no. Um, <laughs> start again, I think. Raise it to the yeah. ground. But yeah, th- this is a lot simpler. Um, it's a lot easier mm. to keep things going and going up. You have to do the usual things like uh, if you're carting resources too far, mm-hmm. then that's a waste of time and people. So you won't need to put stop paths in. Like if you've got your lumber uh, area way on the other side of the map. Um, um, there's a sort of settlers transport yeah. optimization. Yeah. So you, you to just it put well. it okay. You just have a uh, resource placed next to it, a stockpile, so that they only have to go two minutes, uh, two seconds walk instead of uh, thirty seconds walk. That kind okay. of thing. Yeah. Uh, then you get uh, disasters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which try and knock you down. The most common of which, and the far more too common of which, is lightning. <laughs> lightning. You get more lightning in this game than you get anywhere else on anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this alien is... planets mm. uh, going through the atmosphere have less lightning. 
Wow. So so no light, lightning rods or... Can you do anything no. about it? Uh, yeah, you can Is put the fires out. Medieval fire brigade type thing? Uh, you, your people will put the fires out by finding water. So they'll take it from the river or the ocean okay. or from wells. And mm. they will just put your buildings out. Okay. So, you know, the, the odd building on fire is not a problem. It's <laughs> when you get multiple uh, buildings on fire. because there's three things you have to worry about. Mm. One. Yep. Vikings. Oh, no. Always be careful of Vikings. Do not trust a Viking. They turn up in their boats. Yep. Then they come storming across your land, and then they uh, uh, burn stuff and take away some of your people. That's really unreasonable. It is. Uh, then sometimes they have ogres as well. Ogres. Which are like uh, Vikings, but big and will knock your walls down. Oh, God. Uh, and then there's also the dragon. So I'm really getting that SimCity 2000 vibe. Is that, you know, you've got tsunamis and alien spaceships and, <coughs> yeah. and, and sort of fires and so Well, on. these are more regular things that happen. You've got this dragon who will just come and fly over and burn Dragon, stuff. right. So you need to build up your defences, <coughs> which needs money, which needs taxing, which needs having spare population to be able to do, uh, support the troops. And again, it stays at a quite balanced level. Mm, okay. And it never seems to get too tricky. The only The trickiest I had was I was playing it, uh, the first time I played it, actually. Uh, then I paused it and went off to have some dinner. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing so, I noticed on TV the very first episode, the surviving episode of The Avengers, where Steed was in it. Right. Which, incidentally, is uh, not his first episode, but the first surviving one, which is episode 16 in the first season, because all the others got deleted because the BBC can't be trusted with tapes. So they went 16 episodes without Steed in No, it? he was in the others. Oh, OK. No, he was in all of the others apart from the other surviving episode from season one, which he just wasn't in it. Right. Which is one about a circus. OK. But yeah, so that distracted me for an hour. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot Much what like talking. this little anecdote yes, was distracting yes, me. Yes, yes. And, right. and when I got back, I discovered that the pause menu stops everything except the dragon that was on screen at the time. Eh? And the dragon had completely burnt my town down so- over that hour. <laughs> <laughs> so it pulls everything except the disaster, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming that's a bug. Well, mm, early access, of course. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I mean, I imagine it has its own unique charm and style. Oh, it's very charming. It looks lovely. It looks gorgeous. The clouds alone are worth the price of admission. Okay. They're sort of square clouds. Mm. Uh, you know, people say voxelly, but all... not voxelly. Yeah. Uh, but when you zoom into them, they shrink down to nothing. When you zoom out of them, they grow back out again, <laughs> and they grow in and out mm. as the clouds go across the sky. It looks really pretty and nice. Okay. And it's really pretty and nice. But the game is early access. It's very very professional. Mm. And. Okay, there's some bugs, like um, using the mouse wheel on the menus will still zoom in and out, that kind of thing. Okay. But it's just a little bit thin on the ground. And wow. there's only so many hours worth of entertainment in it at the moment, I think. it's Yeah, it's, I mean, you can get a comparable experience with any number of existing games, that's the thing. So I'm wondering sort of what it brings <coughs> new to, to the whole table. It's the aesthetic. Um, um, yeah, it's just the style of it yeah. all, I suppose. And mm. these games are always fun, and I will gladly lose a couple of evenings to them. Yeah. And I've lost a lot of hours to this game already, which is a good thing. Yeah. But it's not the most original game you'll ever encounter Yeah, but you know, at the you... moment. It may well become so. They may make it better. They may make it so that there's more repercussions for your actions. That uh, well, There are more building tweaking. types uh, yeah. as they add them in. What they've done is they've made the minimum viable game Yes. and released it. Well, which that's, is, always, that's, that's always a good thing, thing to yeah. do. It's always nice if, if these early accesses and things are actually playable at the point of uh, customers yeah. getting to well, see them. Well, that's but... be playable and fun at the point of release, which well, this yeah. one is. Yeah, build, the, build something and then add to it, yeah. The only thing is, it can maybe do with 
having more stuff added to it or maybe adding modding to it so mm-hmm. that the community does it. But I have to say, just off the top of you know early access notwithstanding, I just it doesn't really sound like you know it's going to grab me particularly. I mean, I think I got went and got Endless Legend in Steam sale recently and I was tinkering with that and that seemed quite interesting. But again, that was essentially just Civilization. I don't know where you'd go to make it make a new game of that sort. You I don't know. know. Where do you a, take that genre next? That's it interesting. Sounds like a quite, a quite an accomplished recreation of things that already exist. Yeah. What new I don't mechanics know. do you bring in? No idea. That means you're not just rehashing everyone else's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is not a bad thing. A, a new version of an old game by a new team who just takes a slightly different light on it is frequently a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just yeah, it is still a new version of the same old idea. But I do recommend it. It is fun. It is good. If you if you like that kind of city building game, and you are prepared for the fact that it's by no means fully fleshed out, <laughs> it's playable and works. And you know, uh, your first couple of playthroughs, your first playthrough, you're going to do it wrong. Your second playthrough, you'll probably max it out. And well, how is the replayability on that? The different ways to build your city, or is it no, as, essentially as the, the same problem the being moment, solved each time? At the moment, there's not enough in there. The only thing that changes is the landscape you randomly okay. start on. Yeah. And that isn't really enough. You aren't going to be playing this day in, day out mm, for so once weeks. you've had your big playthrough. You're going to do your big playthrough. You may come back yeah. and have another big playthrough <laughs> in but, three months' time when they've added more bits. Yeah, yeah. But then I, even something like Civ 4 or 5 or whatever, you know, you, you typically don't play hundreds of games back-to-back. Usually you'll give it a cut. Well, I don't know. Some people for, do. Can't speak for everyone, but uh, I mean, I tend to just give it one massive playthrough and then that's it, back in the box and... See you again in a couple of years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, uh, I tend to play lots of playthroughs but never finish them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This game's good. It's fun, and um, I do recommend it with the caveat that it's early access and half the game isn't in it yet. So more like potential rather than yes. Yeah, yeah. Keep it. It's a game to, I think it's worth supporting. On. Yeah. Well, I suppose that is the basic nature of early access, isn't it? The same way to appreciate it is to regard these things as here's what we've got so far, and come back again in three months or whatever, and yeah. see see how far we've got. You know. The try before you buy previews and so on. Yeah. We just we just don't we just don't rely on on computer game magazines anymore to tell us about new and upcoming things. We get to see them actually firsthand. But I mean, yeah, we do still have to pay for them. So I don't know. Seemed worth it. The money you paid. Yeah, I can't so. yeah. yeah. I don't, know, don't know how much it is, but pay to see it first. Um, hmm. I uh, talk about. Um, Starpoint Gemini Warlords. Okay. Yes, trying to remember the, the name there. Starpoint Gemini One and Two exist, and and had got you know very varying reviews. I don't really know anything about them because I you know I was just cruising around looking for a decent space game of some sort. As you do. Yeah, yeah, trying to recapture that freelancer spirit and. Uh, and uh, sort of aesthetic and style and everything. Of course, actual freelancer sequel is essentially Star Citizen, and uh, let's not we, go we there now. No, I, I keep meaning to go and play that. You probably should because you know it's it's a it's a big hot talking point. And, no, you know, no, okay. it used to be. I, yeah, I mean, I do have this like vicarious glee. That I I sometimes you you remember massively. Yes, yeah, the online magazine thing that's about online gaming. That the one which we both briefly worked. With. Yes, yes, massively overpowered as they are now since they went indie because AOL dropped them or whatever. Um, yeah, they, every so often they'll do an article about you know they'll do an update on some news about Star Citizen and the comments threads on those are fantastic. <laughs> they really are. They, they, I mean, most of the comment threads on massively are like you know twenty or thirty posts that these regularly reach the two or three hundreds, and it's it's definitely the sort of uh, zealous religious flame war of choice. Yeah. Uh, the the 
Star Citizens, State of Early Access, Kickstarter, crowdfunding, etc. There's some real people with, with beliefs and passion who have picked up standards and are, and are going to war on the internet over the this whole thing. This is the hill they all die on. Absolutely, and there's some magnificent actions there. And that's just a weird, you know, <laughs> weird um, nasty habit I have of, of quite enjoying a good car crash in a comments thread. But anyway, um, so I don't know, Star Citizen, whatever. You know, when it's when it's re- when it's released, I'll have a look, and when and it might be good or it might not. Probably be good. But um, the previous game, Freelancer, quite old now. I don't know. Yeah, very old. Two thousand, early two thousands, something like that. Freelancer. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. Anyway, yeah, long time ago, probably over a decade. Anyway, uh, it was really good. It had that really tight-paced sort of action space combat type of thing. It wasn't really a simulator. I mean, the whole thing was played sort of over, you know, third person behind the back of the spaceship, and you, you had this very, very workable and usable mouse steering type mechanism yeah. for actually flying your spaceship around and turrets and lasers and this quite elaborate uh, sort of multi multi world star system with all sorts of sectors. In that you would sort of track your way around and different looks and feels, different areas and so on. Quite interesting, interesting sort of story and narrative behind it all as well. I've been sort of looking for something like that, and I think I've, I found it with this Starpoint Gemini, Starpoint Gemini Warlords thing. So, so basically, uh, you are an up and coming military officer in the Solari Concord who are. apparently are a bit of a bit sort of regarded as as an ancient villain, you know, ancient nemesis that have been defeated in the past. I don't know what went on in the first two games, but so you're 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 sort of forging a trying to sort of basically forge your new place in this in the the gemini system which is basically one star system with lots of locations on this big hex map and you're sort of working your way around and get involved in this this conspiracy and, the, and all some sort of big planet busting spaceship thing that people are trying to find the plans for and build it's a little bit generic i have to say but but it, it clips along at a reasonable pace and you work your way up through ranks of essentially capital ships yeah. you start in what they call a gunboat and then you work up through frigates destroyers and so on um sort of uh, doing the usual 4x stuff mining trading exploring doing missions fighting and so on <clears throat> no that's not with x yeah? None of them stop with X. No, no, quite. Um, yes, strange, strange terminology. Um, yeah, and so you work your way up through all those. You've got your own personal bank balance. It's one of those things where, uh, despite being a part of the military, you still have to bankroll your own your own capital ships and yeah. military hardware. <laughs> um, Tip, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a part of a military like that, <laughs> don't be because odds are they're a little bit wrong. Yeah, they tend to. Yeah, a proper military will give you tanks and yeah. planes and things to fight in. I think if but... you turn up and they sell you your gun. <laughs> You have to bring your own, bring your own star destroyer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it, and there's a story. Unless you're a rebel, yeah. if you're some, if you're in some kind of uh, freedom fighter, where do all the rebels get their stuff from? Uh, they're sold to by um, rival things. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah, and so so the cut the cut to the moment to moment gameplay feels very much like freelancer. You've got various different sorts of camera modes, turret tracking mode, or follow the ship behind mode, and it's all all useful with mouse and keyboard. Very useful. Okay. Um, and it's it, your ship's got various turrets, arrays, and hard points which you can fit various different equipment on. And yeah, you use that to essentially dogfight with other clusters of, of ships that yeah. are sort of flying around with you know, pirates or whatever, or enemy empires and whatever. Very reminiscent of Freelancer, the kind of high paced, you know, constant action sort of uh, casual arcade space thing. But what they've done differently to Freelancer, I mean, yeah, they've got all these different worlds and there's a bit of a story going through it as well but also there's this massive sort of galaxy sector map full of hexagon sec- sectors all over it and you can, very early on you start to get extra ships that you can control as separate NPC fleets on okay. this big battle map. 
you can you can actually join the join these these ships up to yourself, and they become wingmen in your big squadron. Yeah. Um, I found that that's a really bad idea because just I don't know if I'm doing it right or or there's some, something I'm doing wrong or some quirk of how it works. But it's a bit like the X games where the the AI for in so in X, in the X series, you've basically the way they've got it is they got a massive star map and you can control ships and send yeah. them all over the place and do stuff, or you can have them with you and do stuff as well. If you're in the same sector, it's, it plays it all out using actual ships with the ship combat AI in real time, yeah. you know, because it's all there and fighting and happening. If you're not in the same sector and you send a fleet off to fight something else, it will basically just do it in a sort of strategic dice roll mode because that area doesn't actually exist yeah, because you're not in it. Yeah, exactly. So out of out of sector simulation, I think they call it. And typically, that goes much more like the numbers. Because that's essentially what it is. It's yeah. numbers and dice rolls, and that's the combat. And so, whereas for some reason the the ship AI in Starpoint Gemini is is not really that good, <laughs> so ah. I, I tend to find that I I, I spend ages accumulating because you, you have a whole bunch of resources, very much like uh, an RTS game, definitely yeah. yeah, minerals, gas, um, materials, ore, and all that sort of thing. And these, yeah, and you use these to to buy to construct ships in the shipyard. Then you can add them to your fleets and so on. And and I find that it takes a very long time to accumulate the resources, and then they'll just die like that because they're not very good in actual dogfighting so uh, what i found seems to work well is you sort of build them up into a big old doom stack like you do on yeah. a civ game or whatever and you just send them around but you can conquer territories okay and those territories then become part of the solari concord part of your your faction I'm safe yeah well yeah you still get minor power pirates going on but yeah there's a lot less wandering pirates in those areas if you own them then those areas then unlock um Little mission points that you can then send up. You know, you get, you get a stack of civilian fleets. Yeah. You, you send away on these different. These this is, this is basically these send them away and they'll come back with resources after so long. Type mechanic built into it as well. There's a lot of very generic concepts you've seen all sorts of all over the place, but they they are sort of blended together pretty well into quite an interesting package <coughs> where you are basically doing your flying around in your big capital ship I mean I've worked my way up through battleships and destroyers to and dreadnoughts and things to, to carriers now okay. and it you know it fires off little fleets of ships almost homeworld like there's bits of everything in this game it's really an really astonishing thing and I'd, I'd barely heard of it before I think the first two games hadn't got very good reviews or were, were a bit clunky or not, not a bit buggy or whatever but this one seems to work very well from all I know and of course this is the first first my first sort of experience with the uh, the franchise, and I come in sort of three games in, and it seems like they might sort themselves out and know what they're doing. Sort of like you expect when you play an X game, but never. It yes, is. yes, exactly. Um, yeah, it's a sort of X light. I mean, you can you can build and reinforce the sectors where you can build different gas mining structures and mining outposts that will then start to tick over and contribute to your overall resource thing. It's basically yeah, like the RTS game deploying yeah. harvesters yeah. or whatever. You can build garrisons and, and guard posts in sectors, which count as a kind of. Uh, a sort of they give you a military score on that base, and in order to take that sector, you have to beat the, the whichever controlling outpost okay. is on there, and they've got a military score. Yeah. And the, the, the the stacks of ships you build and send out places, they've got a military rank as, uh, score as well. So, like I say, when you're not there, it just basically does dice rolls and works it yeah. out in a sort of it, it take you know the battles take a couple of uh, a couple of minutes, and you see a little progress bar with a sort of you know slider saying yeah. how, if you're winning or losing or whatever, and it allows you to sort of whistle up more ships and re divert resources across. And all the time you're going around doing the, your personal stuff as well, there's, you know, all sorts of different 
encounter missions that you'll come across out in the thing you need to scan a bunch of different anomalies to make the region safe or you know there's a bunch of pirates and if you kill them they you get a trace to where their leader is that goes on escalates to another encounter elsewhere on the map there's lots of hiddens and things you've got your own sort of character progression in there as well there's a whole bunch of perks and skills that you can buy as you level up there's an xp system in there as well (laughs) it's got it's got so many different little bits and pieces that you'd normally see in other games and i don't think i'd ever seen this kind of combination before it's, it is. It, it sort of feels like Homeworld. It sort of feels like the Freelancer. It's, it sort of feels a bit like Elite. You know, the, there's 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 nothing startlingly original in any one piece, but it's it's a very good example of a thing built well out of lots of different parts. So there's always lots of different bits and pieces ticking along in the background. Now I need to go and send my civilian fleets away to get some resources and so on. Then I can now I need to work on building this this you know bit more spaceships so I can conquer my way down through these pirate regions and expand the empire. I mean. And then you've got this main story running through it all, which is sort of level-locked. You have to... I found I was over-leveled by the time I hit each stage anyway. But You, you know, surprised me. I know, I do tend to go away and scrub the side side missions and things as much as possible. And, yeah, the, the power curve seems pretty good as well. I think I've been playing it perhaps four, three or four weeks now, and I'm up to the, sort of one of the bigger ships. So, you know, it's, it's not, a, oh, my God, this is going to take me years to grind my way out this, through this game. It seems they quite well balance the, the, the rewards and payouts you get for doing stuff with how far in you are so so yeah i'm really enjoying that it's it's an it's an, it's an interesting thing I, I don't think it's terribly expensive either so have a look for that obviously okay. on steam but yeah just the idea of it, it's that whole eve offline thing yeah. isn't it is that that something was something that you do find if you put up with enough rubbish as well in the x games you know the x games tend to get a bit of a mixed reputation for you know bugs and all that sort of thing but they do manage to recreate that kind of one man in charge of a vast star empire you know which you know very even if you you know, you, know, you love eve and you play that lots it's a situation in that game you're very unlikely to be in yourself, who yeah. gets to rule the two thousand player empires in that kind of game? Not not everyone. Not, not everyone doesn't get a go at ruling a two thousand. It's not a rota. That's <laughs> a brilliant idea for a concept. It's, it's my week to run the two thousand man empire. Oh God, yeah, no. But, you know, just sort of... I mean, yes, Starfighter games are fun, you know, the X-Wing types of thing, but the, the sort of grander scale, the soap opera of it all, these, these vast forces moving across the galaxy, it's a difficult thing to satisfyingly capture in a... In a uh, in a, in a computer game, yeah. and this seems, I think it feels a bit like I think you know it's it look it's quite broad but not terribly deep. I think so. I mean, I could see me getting to the bit max ship, following the story through, conquering enough of the sectors, and then deciding, yeah, that's enough of that. But you know, you sort of how much entertainment are you expecting from the typical computer <laughs> game anyway? Well, I mean, you get these occasional rare ones like Skyrim or the X Games, which I will just keep playing over and over forever and ever. But that's more about individual people than games particularly. But no, this is. It, definitely worth a look I'd, I'd recommend it um i don't even know who made it um little green men gaming something like that it's some some company it's quite a sort of low profile company i hadn't really heard of so but you can our typical level of research I, i've definitely done no research yeah. so um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah have a look for that very good i recommend it i'm going to talk about behold the kickmen behold the kickmen what this is um the next game by the people who made the swindle Okay, yeah. And um uh gun monkeys and various other things going back over the years. The this is a football game. Mm-hmm. Uh made by somebody who declares that he does not like football or know the rules. <laughs> oh, 
God. Okay. He says he made it as a joke. Yeah. Well, and then I, it got mm. popular and then was forced to go through and finish it and we should buy the game just to uh, <laughs> uh, be thankful. So to... if you love football, don't buy this. Oh, no. Apparently, vice versa. He's, he, apparently <clears throat> he's got great reviews from football people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Basically, it's um, a... Like an Amiga football game. Yeah. Top-down, Cincy soccer type thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but everything about the rules is slightly off. As if it was half-remembered or couldn't be bothered to do the research. Like, what shape is a football pitch? Uh, rectangular? No, it's a circle. Circular, okay, yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> describe the offside rule. Um, you can't be in between the defender and the goalie with the ball. It's know. something like that. Uh, but it, actually, it's a countdown that happens towards the end of the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Forget everything you thought you knew about yeah. football. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes some important improvements upon the game, mm. such as um, depending on how far away you are from the goal when you score, you score between one and three goals. <laughs> More points for being further <laughs> yeah. away. Okay. <clears throat> it's an important <clears throat> thing. It will really improve the uh, quality of play. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's basically a comedy football game. Mm. Uh, and... The important thing is it does play well. Well, exactly. I mean, so yeah, it's all very well to you know uh, do you know some little dinky indie thing and chuck it on Steam as a sort of I don't know half protest, half joke. But to actually have a workable game that people <laughs> enjoy playing as well, that yeah. seems to have been balanced and so on. Yeah, it, it's not the uh, largest game in the world, shall no, we say? No, but it's something like three quid, so who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, it's got a story mode. Which he puts in as a joke because no football game should have a story mode. <laughs> and then EA went to put one in FIFA. Oh, what? <laughs> The FIFA has a story, man. It oh, does, right. yeah. A campaign. Oh, you, you have to make uh, Mass Effect-style RPG choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I got to play that. I hate football know. games, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Paragon choice, yeah. Yeah, so this game is uh, its funny. It, it plays well. Um, the actual interpretation of the game we're loosely going to call football yes um is actually a fun game that it's invented mm. uh and is far more interesting than real football i believe mm. i'm not the world's biggest football fan and um i like this a lot more okay <clears throat> so you've got a huge basis for comparison then because you're obviously a huge fifa I played fan. a fifa game once <laughs> <laughs> right. i didn't like it okay good so and you like this yeah i played sensei soccer and stuff ah that's going back yeah Speedball. Speedball. Speedball count? Yeah, Speedball counts. Speedball's another 100% accurate. Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. I I played Blood Bowl. That's another 100% accurate representation. Very much like what kick men do in real life, yes. Yeah, this has got a lot less blood. Uh, Yeah, you you, um, win matches, you win money, and then you um, unlock new abilities and um, upgrade your stats and things like that. Abilities? Yeah. You know, just like passing and kicking and things like that. Passing unlocked. Uh, It's a really, really fun game, and you should really take a look at it. It doesn't have any multiplayer. Uh, It's not on consoles. Yeah. Uh, But um, for what it is, it is a very, very enjoyable, um, very humorous take on football that is well worth playing, even if you, especially if you don't like football. Mm, Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. It doesn't. I I mean, I I, I prove it exists. It sounds sounds good in principle, but um, it's not your kind of game. I'm not sure I bother. No. No, it's really not your kind of game. (laughs) It's everyone else's kind of game. Everyone else's kind of game, yeah. yeah. The last football-type game thing I ever played was Rocket League, I think. Oh, yeah. I I didn't really like that. Oh, Rocket League's brilliant. I love the concept, but I'm just really bad at it. Rocket League is also a 100% accurate (laughs) That's pretty much how it works, yeah. Take your car on the pitch and just go for it, really. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, it's quite like Rocket League in the same way that... um, 
any other games like a football game uh, because it has people in it. <laughs> Only Rocket League doesn't have people in it. It's only got cars. Well, yeah. So yeah. it's not at all like it. I can work out if they're like, like it's like driverless cars like in Burnout Paradise or whether they're actually remote control cars. There's probably a deep backstory. <laughs> Story <laughs> mode I missed or I something. I will wait for the novel. It, well, yes, yes. Or, or the, the film tie-in. Yeah. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, so anyway, by... Uh, Behold the Kickman. It is very fun. Behold the Kickman, right. Uh, I'm going to talk about Warframe. Okay. Yes, I've, I don't even know how I ended up playing this. I just, I think, yeah, because I was, I was browsing massively and they, they had a big bit on there about how Warframe's going to be adding a shared space where you can walk around and see other players. And I thought, well, hey, what? You see Eva announcing they're getting rid of their shared <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> they're the, getting rid of the... Uh, the standing in a room Yeah, standing feature. in a room's going away. Standing in a room's going away. Which is, um, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to miss it by the sounds of it. Very ill advised thing. That was all because they had their big World of Darkness Shanghai studio, wasn't it? And they were doing. They sold that off. Yeah, I know. Well, at the time, they had people doing that and dust as well. So obviously, they had a lot of spare people doing people standing in a room type yeah. of technology and they threw it into Eve without really thinking about it. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway, yes, Warframe. Um, yeah, so it's, hey, it's quite hard to describe, really. Now, I'm going to make all sorts of comparisons with Destiny, but I haven't really played Destiny, so I probably. Well, I haven't really about. played Destiny. I've seen you do it now and then. <coughs> yeah, you've not played Destiny at all. No, well, I can't because I have a PC and no, no suitable console. So I could probably could play it on a 360, yeah, I guess. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. You come out to I don't use my 360 for games. But anyway, anymore. the new one's come out soon. It's on PC as well. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Did Warframe come out before Destiny or vice versa? I think. Yes or no. There's a very similar aesthetic to what I vaguely understand of Destiny anyway. It's this weird far future solar system, the Earth yeah. solar system, set, set in the year whatever. I have no idea. There must be something somewhere, some law. But we're talking probably four or five thousand years in the future at least. And some things, yeah, there's, there's, I haven't seen anyone who's appreciably human yet. So, okay. um, fair enough. So everyone's either gone weird post-human or, or, or really transhuman or whatever. You got uh, the solar system sort of seems to be racked and ruined between two major factions: the Corpus and the Grenier. And one of them is sort of like a big sort of organic-y, clony type of lot, and then the other is sort of a, a sleek metallic kind of technology lot. And into all of this, you get awakened from your pod. You're one of the Tenno. T E N N O, something like that. You're basically a. a, a I can't work out. What you are? You're a robot, a guy in a suit, some kind of weird humanoid nano infestation that's got like weapons and a sword, or, yeah. or probably any and all of the above. And oh, yeah. I think apparently the the suit is the suit is called a warframe. That's your title oh, okay. drop, you know. Uh, and you yeah. have various different sorts of those, which is your classes, I think. Uh, and they have all sorts of primary, secondary weapons as well, and they they become sort of specialisations within the class. And they all level up in XP and stuff. And basically, yes, you're woken up, drop into the middle of this in, in, raiding force in this base, and uh, are contacted by an enigmatic woman called the Lotus uh-huh. who uh, starts basically being your mission controller like telling you what to do and you go off and start murdering people on her say-so with no real context. Um, <laughs> it's a really fast-paced, cl- pacey, satisfying, meaty, third-person shooter-type melee game. And it's essentially mission-based, your sort of four-player co-op mission-type thing going on there. I, med- I very early on found the drop-down to select it to solo mode though, yeah, <laughs> um, which was probably just as well because the few p- few pickup group ones I've tried have been absolutely crazy. 
not abusive or anything. It's just everyone else is so good and so fast at that game that I just spend the whole match running along behind, picking up shinies and, and get, hoping I get to the end without inconveniencing them too much. Yeah. Um, so, but apart from that, um, yeah. So you you have these various different warframes. Um, I think I pick the Excalibur one, unless you choose one of three at the start, and that's a very good melee balanced starter sort of thing. And you off you go through various different types of missions. There's assassinations, sabotage ones. There's some spying missions, which involve a bit of stealth gameplay there. So some some degree of puzzle mechanics in trying to sort of get to the objectives on the spying ones without being detected, you know, the sort of stealth gameplay there. Uh, there's a lot of charging around just murdering people yeah. at high speeds. There's all the various sorts of guns and ammo and so on, rifles and stuff. I ended up picking a bow. It gives you various... On the first tutorial mission, it lets you pick various different weapons as you go through and choose from several available yeah. ones. I ended up with some throwing knives and a, and a bow because I like the idea of all the stealth stuff. And, I, yeah, it... It's it's I don't know, the missions take you know, it can take about sort of fifteen to fifteen minutes to half an hour and really fast paced and a real good sort of tight feel to the motions, the animation, you know, the the, the sort of gunplay of it all is really satisfying as well. I'm really enjoying it. And it's a <clears throat> it's a big old free to play thing, they got their own internal currencies and all the rest of it. Um and as far as I can tell, you tend to they tend to be selling convenience. Lots of stuff locked behind very long progress bars or, uh, or a fair bit of grind yeah. drops and stuff, and you can shortcut that with but real money, I guess. I haven't really seen the need for any of that so far. Um, yeah, and so you, you end up in your spaceship at the end of that, uh, and you sort of need to the first the sort of early tutorial missions have you sort of unlocking different subsystems on the spaceship by raiding different bases for the bits that have been stolen and so on. And there's a crafting bench in there and an arsenal to let you do your equipping and a lot of uh, mods so each all your bits of equipment have a certain number of mod slots and that number of mod slots goes up as you level the equipment including the the warframe itself your your big chassis i still don't know what's actually inside that suit or what's powering it don't ask. some sort of alien space virus I it's think. really best not to <laughs> it, yeah yeah but the, the aesthetic of it is really quite distinctive it's all sort of i'm almost thinking final fantasy 13 that kind of sort, okay. of sort of crystals and and weird colored light and lines and stuff and weird organic shapes and everything it really has a real look and feel that's quite unlike anything else i've seen but like i say i'd, I'd recommend you have a look at some of the video obviously i bought for the show see what you think because you've played destiny and you, yes. you might have an idea of how, how similar or different that looks i would imagine it's not very similar and not, not as polished and Probably. not as much it's destiny. certainly not a first i don't think it's first person it might be a first person mode but i haven't found it it seems to Does have any nathan fillion uh, no, no. There's, there there's, it's quite lower, lower down on the voice work. There's no floating robot thing. That's uh, really actually no. I tell a lie. There is a floating robot thing that you you can unlock early on that follows along and shoots stuff. Okay. But, is uh, it snarky? It doesn't have a personality. No. The, the spaceship has a quirky personality. Of yeah, yeah. Which you could do without, but. Uh, <laughs> That's that's all good. Uh, yeah, so you've got this big sort of solar system map you sort of zoom in on, and there's a whole bunch of different locations on each planet. And basically, I suppose the sort of solo progression involves you sort of working your way around the different planets of the solar system, you know, unlocking each of the relays so you can move on to the next. Yeah. And each relay has a bunch of tasks, kill 10 of these, you know, go to that particular mission and do X waves of that, you know. So you work. So there's a sort of progression through through the game that seems quite satisfying I mean I'm, I think I've just about unlocked Mercury now you start on the earth and go in then come back out for Mars and so on but uh but I was on Venus, and I don't know, this This is like weird, it must be very far in the future, because I was outside in the snow on Venus, 
you know, yeah. in one of the bases. It snows on Venus. <laughs> well, I suppose it does after sufficient terraforming, yeah. But no, I mean, basically what you've got there is a very limited set of tile sets that yeah. they're just reproducing. Across. I'm, I'm looking forward to surface missions on Jupiter. Um, <laughs> as far as I can tell from the map, I think that may be a thing. Um, but certainly, yeah, you hand wave it sufficiently advanced magic, whatever. So, yeah, you've got a variety of different tile sets available. And I, they, they, I think the recent thing they're making a big thing of is we've just re remastered all the Earth tile sets. And some of those look really good actually sort of massive overgrown installations and jungles with vine growth everywhere and waterfalls and does look very good i mean i i this game's been going quite a while now it must have been out for like two or three years i think and i guess now it's that sweet spot of an mmo you know yeah. where do you come in on one you know you can you can follow it before launch and jump in on day one or you can you know toddle along three years later after they've done their inevitable free to play drop uh, and have built up a massive wealth <laughs> of content that you don't have to wait for like two months before they add something new because so much there that you've never seen before so i don't know i mean i, just, I was giving that a go and i thought okay, i quite like this you know it, it, it scratches an itch it really does you know there's a real action pace to it particularly you know compared to normal MMO combat yeah. or you know, the more sort of slower space games or RPGs I'm, I sort of tend to be playing at the moment so I'm liking it. I like it. Um, yeah, I tried um, a multi multi had a go as well. Okay. We, we were duoing through. Um, he, I think he was a bit he was a bit baffled and mystified by the, the complete initial thing. And also, I don't think he because I think must I must have some sort of instinctual paranoia because the very first mission is solo because you're teaching yeah. how to move and stuff and also dishing out the weapons and stuff as you move through. But then from mission two onwards, it defaults into public four player pickup yeah. group co op. And I don't know. I just looked up in the top corner of the 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 map navigation interface and I thought, what's public group? Oh. And I, <laughs> So I managed, yeah, it's solo. So somehow I managed to actually avoid any kind of sort oh, of pickup bafflement. But yeah, I imagine if you just don't, if you just roll with it, you're, the second mission onwards, you're going to find yourself paired up with three people who utterly know the game inside and out, who have all yeah. the gear, who probably have fancy warframes that you've you, you've never seen or have no idea what they do, considering you're only used to the first one. It must be quite a baffling introduction to the game. I think probably the solo stuff. I don't know. Do you do you want to encourage people to get straight into the matchmaking yeah. early on? Or yeah. Do you yeah, want them to find their feet and understand how to play? The matchmaking is the content, so of course you do. Well, the matchmaking has the potential to drive people away from the game screaming as well. Uh, uh, yeah, this is not necessarily a criticism of players. I've not come across anyone in there who's been rude or you know abusive or anything like that. It's just it's not their fault. They're just very good at the game and have been playing a long time. You know, I mean, eventually, I, pretty I, much I, is their fault. I, well, I, <laughs> yes, it's no one else's fault, is it? No, okay, fine. Um, it must be my fault that I've not been playing enough yet. Yeah, I mean that new but that newbie bafflement goes away quickly enough, and eventually I'll be just another sprinter getting to the objective yeah. like the rest of them. But uh, that early phase, you know, if you've got no idea well you know, what anything does, the last thing you want is three other people, you know getting sarcastic at you in group chat because you haven't reached the objective quickly enough you know so yeah a bit of a harsh introduction but the, you know the basic gameplay is a lot of fun very satisfying very meaty uh, yeah i could see myself sort of going for it i mean the long-term play obviously you want to work your way around the solar system and then i guess there's rinse and repeat for special gear and so on they do a lot of promotions fairly often with particular warframes or a particular equipment available on special every now and then some concept called vaulting they they the, the some of the some of the sort of more fancy dandy warframes the actual you know the the, the suits the, the the classes there i think are only available for limited times around the yeah. year like they, they get vaulted or something so that seemed to be a sort of ongoing you know, source of news and excitement amongst these sort of random chatter you see on the, the the game zone chat thing general chat something to look forward to i suppose because like the the thing is, the crafting and the equipment seem to be the progression 
because the way the XP works is, yeah, you go through, you kill loads of stuff, you do your things, you, you succeed, hurrah, win, you gain XP, and the, the suit and each of the piece, equipped weapons all sort of have their own XP bars, and they all cap at 30. Yeah, and you have a you have your own personal rank, which is a mastery rank. So that's your your player actual ranking, um, and that only seems to go up when you've done enough stuff with the with the bits and pieces. So basically, what I'm saying is that you can get to a point quite quickly, I imagine, where you've maxed out everything. Yeah. So you've got six pieces of equipment, including the suit, and each of those got c- c- caps at, ma- at level thirty, and then doesn't gain XP anymore. Um, but so far, I found enough extra blueprints uh, and 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 crafting materials and and weapons that you can buy for in-game money rather than the cash shop currency to be able to unlock further progression so it seems like i suppose if you cap out all the gear early on you're going to be end up in a situation where you got wasted opportunity you could have been earning xp but all yeah. these bars are maxed yeah. but but then a lot of the time but then i wonder if 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 the way to progress involves using guns and equipment that you just don't like the feel of you can end up having to level those just to get sort of the progression going. Yeah. You're sort of forced to use a sniper rifle when you normally you love using SMGs or whatever, just so that you can carry on earning XP and progressing. I, I don't know, but then ultimately, what does the progression even mean? I, I'm seeing that the monsters have, you know, the, the missions themselves have have level ranges, so presumably that's that suggests that you should be using this, that, or the other gear. But then, unless different suits and different equipment are actually intrinsically a lot more powerful than each other you're going to be capped at max level 30 it seems it feels like guild wars in a way because guild wars you never get higher than level 20 but you can you can try whole different skill bars and start working that and what with this system i suppose what what you do is if you've got a whole new gun that starts at level zero you'll need to go back to earth and do some of the low end missions to gain some xp to make the gun go up or you can just wing it at the high end and it'll soon level up quite quickly i got a shotgun um, that was that's very satisfying, particularly because some of the missions involve defending uh, a thing. Oh, I hate them. Yeah, there's a capture the capture the uh, yeah defend the hold, king, you know, hold the fort type mission. Basically, you've got this sort of tenno cryopod thing in the middle with a certain amount of hit points and shields, and you have to guard it when all sorts of stuff comes in. And one of the factions is the infested, and they all seem to be like weird, gribbly chaos monsters made of, of pus generally. And they're 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 just charging in melee types, and, and there was me trying to one hit them carefully with the sniper bow you know, at the time. <laughs> No, no, this is not working. I mean, the sword, the default sword he gets really good as well. If, if, if everything else fails, just go mad with pressing E, lots and just slashing like crazy. But the shotgun seemed to be a lot better for that kind of hold the fort mission. They found another one where you have to defend four points. Okay. And there's creatures coming in, and if they get near the point, they take it back. It's yeah. very much that sort of capture the battleground type flag type mechanic. And I thought, wow, this this is such a. I think I think Warframe has its roots in essentially deathmatch type instance gaming and they've sort of over the years managed to try and string that out into some kind of longer narrative thing with the the planet maps and so on because a lot of these felt like you know throw away one-off matchmaked battleground maps a lot of the mission types and they've sort of managed to do a fairly good job stringing those together to make something a bit more narrative but it's not it's not like mass effect it's not a story journey of of, of 10 hours with full cast voice acting yeah. it is it is just mission 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 and each mission they've done some bit some work to try and make it sort of string together to make a kind of story and there are there are quest chains that exist within the overall thing but i mean just getting to pluto and eris and whatever at the end of it is probably the the, the main progression and i have since i got to Mercury. I slammed into a real oh my god these are a lot more difficult they're suddenly because the first 
certainly Earth was very easy, and um, Venus fairly easy as well. But now I'm, on Mercury, I'm starting to see new enemy types. There's like ones that have got vast numbers of hit points, ones that have got flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, oh, wow, okay, I'm going to have to start thinking about this, be a bit more careful about things. It seems like a meaty thing, though. And, of course, there's the collection aspect of it. The, all your equipment has mod slots, and you collect the various different mods from drops, and that can significantly sort of modify how how, your, how the character and the equipment handles. But saving up for the resources and the blueprints for new whole new warframes or whole new guns, and they have prime versions of all the, all the gear as well, which presumably are a bit better. Do. Well, it's something to work towards. So, I mean, given the rarities of the drops and, and the time it takes to accumulate all this stuff, I think that's your mid- to long-term gameplay. Um, and whether that's going to be satisfying enough, I don't know. But I really am enjoying the moment-to-moment gameplay. It handles really well. It's just a very good sort of third-person shooter. I'm, I'm enjoying that aspect of it. And I really like the aesthetic as well. I mean, obviously, given the limited number of tile sets involved, I'm probably going to have seen all the levels and all the bits it makes the levels yeah. up out of very quickly. But, you know, the aesthetic of it all is, is quite fascinating. It's like nothing I've seen elsewhere. Except maybe yeah, some of the clips I've seen of you playing Destiny. So it's that kind of thing, and and very interesting. I, I'm liking that a lot. Mm. So yeah, I don't know if there's a static group potential there. I mean, it's a four-player instance game, so you know there could be problems there if lots of people want to try that. But I mean, I, I could see me a multi dropping in and doing some duo That's stuff. That's better there. than uh, Destiny, which is a three-player. Three is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, as a sort of throwaway in-between things game. I can dash out a mission in there fairly quickly, although you know they're starting to get more difficult and I might have to sort of put some real effort in and have a real think about it. <laughs> but obviously I don't want to have to sort of steamroll on my way through the whole thing. There is no difficulty level as such. It's an MMO. It is what it is. Yeah. And the difficulty level involved, I suppose, is making sure you've got the right sorts of gear as you move forward and um, checking the levels attached to each mission as you go. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, surprised, surprised by that. I thought it was just some rubbish free-to-play thing, you know, <laughs> it's in that sort of bracket, but it, you know, it's really good and, and not terribly exploitative as far as I can tell. Cool. So I think I should be playing quite a bit more of that. So there you go. Thanks, Tom. Over to you. I've got another game. Okay. So a couple of, couple of things then. Um, I completed Elite Dangerous. Completed. You haven't completed, yeah. You got to Earth. I got to Earth, yes. <laughs> I haven't actually completed it. So so I've been working away for, oh, gosh knows how long. Um, but, yes, months and months and months trying to work on my Federal Navy rank yes. in, ga- in the game there. And you've got to get to Federal Navy rank four, which is Petty Officer, I think, or Midshipman, one of the two. Petty Officer, I believe. Uh, and then you're allowed to fly to Earth. And it was brilliant. Yeah, I spent the whole evening just like, flying around the, uh, the system looking at stuff. Uh, I did an attempt. I d- attempted a landing on Europa. That yeah. was, that was that's yeah. sort of one of my bucket list items. Uh, it, 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 it's not that dangerous because there was four planetary outposts already on the place. <laughs> so, so clearly the uh, monolith building aliens aren't all that after all. Um, yeah, I was sort of zooming around the Earth as well in, a, in Earth orbit and sort of just cruising above the UK, looking down and seeing that the lights are entirely the wrong places they could do with a better planet map for the earth there i think long time in the future oh perhaps yes oh god well, that's worrying yeah. <laughs> the brightest sorry london i think salisbury was the brightest spot in the <laughs> south of england as far as i could tell so something something must it's have nice gone in salisbury. maybe they've gone big way on these non-polluting lamps yeah. street lights and things which is probably a good thing um yeah we're out in europa we're sort of zooming around the solar system looking at some of uh, mars had a look at mars mars is much more densely populated than the earth in in the year thirty-three thousand. Whatever. Well, you know, Earth's prime real estate. It's a nice place to live. Well, apparently, Mars is the capital of the solar system, and Earth's just a sort of national trust property in in that future. So, <laughs> quite interesting. Uh, and then we went off looking for Voyager, and that was really hard work because it doesn't have a waypoint. 
And it's quite small. It's very small. And space is big. Very long way away, yeah. Yeah, so we found YouTube videos and we were having a go and stuff. Did you just aim at the right star and go? No, no, you've got to go to exactly the right kind of range. I forget exactly what the number is now, but you go to... So your 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 local proximity thing will pick it up if you get within a 1,000 light seconds on yeah. it. But that's a tiny amount, considering that you're sort of about 300,000 light seconds out yeah. to be in the right area. And then, according to this YouTube videos, you have to line the stars up. So you forget the sun and then... I think the Triangulum Galaxy and another one there, and then there's a tiny little star that appears just above the sun. And if you move around, parallax around, these stars move, you know, in relation to each other. And if you have to get the star to exactly the right spot and be about exactly the right range out, and then you might find Voyager. We didn't. We spent about an hour and a half, <laughs> five of us, all combing the area and found what. But then uh, Embryo managed to find it uh, after, yeah, the day after when we'd all, you know, we were all off somewhere posted. To, and then he managed to lose it again. Yeah. And then he had. To, he said, "Oh, sorry, I'll find it again." And and, and yeah, so it's a bit of an ongoing saga. Um, I think he, we think he's currently got it. And I said to him, right, now you need to log off and not play until next <laughs> Tuesday, and then we'll all come and find it. How do you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a star. He's a trooper. He'll probably do that. Um, and then we have to do it all again for Voyager 2, presumably. Don't know. But if you're interested, our Slack group has a screenshot that you took of the gold disc. It's got the gold disc yeah, on the side. I can't, right. I can't wait to see it myself. You saw it. Yeah. You've been there. No, I saw the screenshot. Oh, you saw the screenshot. Right. Okay. I was about to say, I don't think you'd have the patience to find it. No, I can't always bother to go find that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, finding Voyager 1 and 2 was pretty much my, my goal for Elite Dangerous, and I don't know what we're going to do next. I mean, there's some talk, some thoughts about defecting to the Empire and working up their sides, maybe. Yeah, that's the thing to do. Yeah, or we could... Um, go fight the Thargoids? Well, it's the, well, yeah, the Thargoid thing's still ongoing. We had a lot of running around the Thargoid base with the lasers. I've talked about that before, but... Um, my, there's a couple of engineers that you need to get particular local faction rank up to unlock and access. So we might go and decamp to their systems. I think one of them involves working for a systems mafia, so we might okay. go, and, yeah. go and sign up there and uh, we'll be fine, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so I'm very pleased to have gotten to Earth, though. It really was just... Yeah, very, very heartwarming, just seeing it all there. You know, I think it's, it's just the earth, it's just the sun, but you put so much effort into getting to a goal and when it happens. Well, yeah. Because I didn't pay early access, nonsense, founders, whatever. I did it the hard way, and it tastes better. Um, yeah. Completed Guild Wars as well. Yay! Yay! Yeah, got it, did it. So, I, I don't know, my last update on that, I think I was bitching and moaning a lot about it being impossible and I'm going to have to learn how to play entirely yeah. different builds. No, 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 no. Just frozen soil. Frozen soil is one ranger skill, one slot on yeah. one person's skill bar. It places down a sort of spirit thing which sits there and in its area of effect, which is about half a mini-map's worth, no one can be resurrected. Oh, OK, that solves it. Well, the thing with rangers, you've got two sorts of spirits in that game. You've got ranger spirits... Uh, they are basically global effects that affect everyone yeah. in their radius. You put one down and it affects you and the enemy, but yeah. you, you sort of work with that. You make sure your skill bar then takes advantage of not being able to do whatever or having this, that, or the other effect. And then you've got uh, ritualist spirits, which are more like deployable turrets. Or, and they, they only affect friendlies, not foes, or yeah. vice versa. So, but anyway, so we thought, well, yeah, but the problem we thought was that if we get, if it all goes wrong, we're not going to be able to res ourselves either yeah, because that's how, that's how it works, which is basically my typical lack of confidence. I am not a confident man. But we, yeah, Multi had a bit of a trial run with it and, and, and thought, yeah, okay, we'll give it a go. And we, we tried that. We set the thing up and then we did the normal fighting. And these groups of eight stone summit dwarves 
they come in 14 different varieties, about eight of which have reusable resurrects. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. It was like pushing pushing down bubbles under wallpaper. Yeah. It really is terrifying. But we tried with the frozen soil, and that meant their resurrect skills couldn't work as well. And, and we only need our resurrect skills if things have gone wrong. And they need them to... Win. Yeah, and so we ended up just sort of steamrolling in on our usual Plan A DPS Zerg, and and we were killing stuff so quickly that that, that we didn't die. You know, we managed to take out their their main alpha DPS faster than they could hurt us, which meant that we didn't actually need the resing anyway. So the frozen soil worked well, and we found that in our first assault, we managed to take five of them out before we had to pull back, regroup, and then push again. Yeah, but during in our all our previous attempts, when we pushed forward, when we did that the first time, we'd killed five of them without even noticing, because their all their team are so on yeah. the ball with the resin, yeah. they just jumped straight back. And in the chaos <laughs> and confusion of the melee, we didn't even see that they died. It just looked yeah. like they were in, in, <laughs> invulnerable, you know. So yeah, it turns. So how long do they have to be dead before they can't be rezzed? Um I don't think there's a limit. No, no. I mean, but the point is, if you've taken their entire group out, there's no one left to do oh, the resing. Yeah, and this, this, this ranger spirit will happily sit there for two or three minutes. Oh, yeah. You know, or a cool. minute or whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a long-lasting effect. And it's easily long enough to take the entire group out. And, it, yeah, it, it just utterly transformed that thing. I mean, it was still hard work, still a tricky fight. Um, there was a lot of pop-up ghost things that have quite nasty touch attacks. And I think I changed one of our teams met paragon shout to one called can't touch this they're all lots of the paragon shouts are based on popular culture references okay a lot of galaxy quests ones there is a skill in there called never give up and yeah. another one called never surrender okay. um yes so <laughs> and if you use them both together does it get better uh, yes yes i think they do they do synergize yeah well there was one called can't touch this which basically prevents any incoming touch attacks working on you okay which which was really useful because that basically just t- completely defanged all these pop-up ghosts as we went through so we got through and it turned out that it was a much shorter dungeon than we were expecting there's only about eight, <laughs> only about eight groups so we previously we wiped on the second group because we were just <laughs> completely unre- un- unready for it and yeah it was just a classic example of me second guessing what we'd already proven to work and, and not going with my own gut instinct if we'd have just used this frozen had you know had to go with this frozen soil earlier we could have just stormed straight through there then we got to duncan the black who is a level 20 level 32 ritualist with all sorts of cheap cheaty monster skills and when you run into attack him up pops about 15 or 16 rain, uh, ritualist spirits that will just start bombing you with ectoplasm and damage and all sorts so anyway, we got in there and this is where I'd, I'd you know done my homework and research i spent most i spent the next 20 minutes running backwards and forwards with an assassin skill called swap you target the spirit and you will basically teleport you go to oh, where it is, okay. and That's it nice. goes to you. I like that. So, yeah, and then I get bombed while I try and run out screaming. But what we're doing is essentially trying to move the because if you kill these spirits, they immediately respawn. Yeah. So that's a, that's a no no. So what what they don't do is if you move them well away from where they can be of any use during the fight, then they don't get replaced or anything. So I spent about twenty minutes carefully uh, running around, <laughs> going ah, you know, basically teleporting next to him while his spirit goes whoop, over there, and then I have to run away before I get killed. And we managed. And meanwhile, the spirits are all piling up on this place where I'm putting them all, and they're attacking me as well. It's like ah, crazy, crazy. But it worked in the end because we managed to get all of, most of the spirits. There was a whole bunch popped up that we didn't realise. So you know, um, and then yes, attack Duncan the Black. He was a, he's got a stance which causes him to be healed. No, no, it's a damage reflect. It does 200% damage back. So if you hit him for 100 points, you take it 200 points. Well, as long as you've got reasonable healing backing yeah. you up, you can cover that. Um, and we didn't have much trouble. We killed him, completed Slaver's Exile in hard mode. Possibly one of the most difficult things the game has to <laughs> offer. Um, 
uh, which then ticked off my legendary Master of the North bar, which yeah. uh, has five ranks, and that's basically the combined cartography, uh, vanquishing, etc., 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 hard road story mode, and all the rest of it for the Eye of the North expansion, which means I've now done it all. Yeah, you never have to. All go of back. the vanquishing is finished. All of the cartography is finished. I did skip one. Yeah, the, the, the Eye of the North title track has enough for you to skip one dungeon, and there was this <laughs> ridiculous yeah. comedy punching boxing mini game dungeon that I was never any good at, so we didn't bother. Didn't bother with that one. Um, yes, there's not much left to do. I think I've got about 35, 36, 7, 8 maybe, 38 Hall of Monuments points out of the 50. Um, getting the full 50 is a big job involving utterly scouring the game and involves significant PvP as well, yeah. which at this stage in the game I'm not going to learn and I'm not sure anyone's playing anyway. Um, yeah, uh, so I mean there is still stuff in there left to do that we didn't finish. We could probably finish the Domain of Anguish, Fisher of Woe and Underworld, we haven't done those, but... Uh, yeah, time for a break, yeah. <laughs> time for a stop. <laughs> I got to the the kind of a big deal title track is Guild Wars 1's own way of tracking all these meta achievements together. And um, I've gotten to rank 4 out of 5 there. My Guild Hall smells of rich mahogany. That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> previously, it said I have. Ma- previously, it was I have many. Re- I have many leather-bound books, huh. uh, but now I, my guild hall smells of rich mahogany. And the next rank is God walking amongst mere mortals. You're never gonna I'm not going to get that. No, yeah. I, I'd need another five other title tracks finished, and I don't think there's that many in there apart from stupid stuff like consuming two thousand alcohol drinks in game oh, that's, that's an evening's play <laughs> winning winning t- tickets in the lucky circles during camp and new year which basically involves going afk on a ring for 400 hours or whatever it's like, yeah the, the remaining stuff is stupid and i'm not going to do it because even i have limits so I, yeah this this last couple of weeks i've managed to complete two mmos wow to my satisfaction <laughs> there's no such thing <laughs> as actually completing these things well there is but i'm, I'm, I'm have good. you uninstalled guild boss uh not yet no no i probably ought to but bear in mind, it's a tiny thing and it's easy to reinstall. It's not going to prove much at all. <laughs> no, no. We, I think we're going to be talking about doing Path of Exile for a bit on the uh, okay. the Guild Wars night yeah. for a while. See how long that lasts. Path of Exile is a very serviceable, free-to-play Diablo clone. A bit of a skeleton clicker, but uh, I've enjoyed it in the past. We might try it as a group, see if that works. If not, well, who knows? Into the September and onwards going forwards, yeah. might be a whole new set of things. But um, and that's really dangerous. Yeah, I, there's more to do. Uh, I'm still interested. Uh, I seem to have gotten a bit bored and stalled on the ship acquisition, though. Bigger ships are always better in that game. There is no real. It's not like elite, you know, like Eve, where you might want to specialise in interceptors yeah. or something. You know, the bigger your ship is, the better in general. But I just like the Diamondback Explorer. I've not made it to the Aspel beyond yet. So yeah, lots going on anyway. Anything to say? No, I'm going to no. I think we probably ought to wrap up there, really. Okay. Uh, if you go along to hanamadatime.com, you can find all our previous episodes, including this one. Uh, go along to YouTube, and you can see all of our videos, which made up a bit of these episodes, some other stuff, and um, you can give us a like and subscribe if you want, because that's what you say on YouTube videos. <laughs> or whatever. And join us next time when we may be doing something interesting. Hurrah. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs>